I'm Kyle Bushland, and you're listening to NIS Voices, where we bring you inspiring stories about learning, community, news, and more from Nanjing International School. I'm here with Irina Shuvalova, University Counselor. Welcome. Hi, Kyle. We're at an exciting point in the journey of our grade 12 students. Yes, I would say that this journey starts so far before they actually join grade 12, that it feels like grade 11s are definitely part of this journey already. They're starting to think seriously about what's going to happen next year. But yes, grade 12s are absolutely in the focus um, of the process. What's very interesting in our school is that it does really start much earlier than grade 12. I know, and I think this is ideal. This is the way it should be, because if you think about it, I mean, my job title is university counselor, but it's not just about university. So let's sort of make it clear from the very start, because what we are trying to do is help our students figure out what their future lives will be all about, which is a big ask if you think about it. So it's definitely not just university. It's what they would like to do in the future, what their interests are like, where they might want to spend at least a couple of years after they graduate, or perhaps, you know, their future lives and careers in general. So it's a lot of big, big questions which kind of converge at this one point, which we kind of, in a simplified way, call university applications. But there's just so much more than that. Take me through that. How does university counseling at NIS work? So I would start with saying that it's a team effort. And when I say team, I mean, of course, so we are a university counseling team. So I'm one of our two university counselors. Of course, our students are definitely part of that team because there's so much driving the process. You know, we have our student voice, student choice emphasized so much at NAS. And so obviously they are not just bystanders who are bystanders who have things done for them, right? They are actually there doing things and doing a lot of hard work. Applications are very taxing. Um, It's a very multi-step process in many cases. There's just so much work to be done and they are driving that process. So we are really supporting and guiding them. But of course, also part of that team is um, our academic, our faculty, our staff, so our academic team is also sort of involved in it so closely. And I mean, our teachers, but also our coaches, our activity leaders, so everyone, our school leaderships are all involved. I mean, where else? I haven't been at many schools where school principal would be helping to hold mock interviews for the students, right? I think that says something about the level of involvement of everyone. And then, of course, families. Families are part of the team effort to help students figure out which schools they want to apply for, where they see themselves, and supporting them on the way. And of course, the broader community. So, you know, our students will go and do their internships, for example, outside NAS. And they are shaped by so many things they do outside NAS. And again, this is also sort of part of our school strategy, right? We burst that bubble, and that definitely is reflected also in how the... um, University counseling process works, but also what we do, and this is something you've already mentioned, we do try to work with them across grade levels. So as university counselors, we really get to know our students for the first time in about grade nine. So this is when we start teaching wellness classes to them. 
And this is when first conversations around sort of, you know, what do you think you might want to do in the future start happening? And then, of course, as they progress, so in grade 10, they will also do some career orientation and they will be introduced to that huge variety of opportunities out there that they might want to pursue. In grade 11, like I mentioned, it gets real. And of course, this is where DP program, diploma programs that most of our students um, are part of will kick off. And so that means that even their choice of subjects is already really tied into what their futures might look like. And then grade 12 comes and this is, this is when the show really um, happens. So yes, across grade levels, across different parts of our community, but also our greater community here in Nanjing, um, and in a variety of formats, so wellness classes I mentioned, right? There's a university counseling career orientation component to those. Uh, we will also work with students one-to-one -one, um, quite a lot. And again, as they progress through high school, they will get progressively more one-to-one -one involvement with the counselors. And then we have all sorts of group sessions and activities, sometimes initiated and held by us, but sometimes those will be external activities they can join. So university fairs um, or again, career days or things like that. Um, so it's a really, really um, multifaceted process, um, which is part of the fun of the job being a university counselor. Wow. I wish I had a university counselor when I was uh, in high school. So do I. I also didn't have one at all. So that maybe that's why I became one. <laughs> you never know. Something very interesting with our school is that our students go to top universities. And there's a, a wide range of schools in different disciplines like design and art. Right. But we're also an inclusive school. Oh, absolutely. For me, I think that means really when I said that we encourage student agency, um, what is that agency aimed at? And I think the goal is to guide and support every student in figuring out what their unique path should look like. For them, it's their decision. It's not, and this is a tricky part, right? Because we support and we guide and we are experts, but it's their lives and they have to make those decisions. And we just support them and we make sure that they retain that agency and for someone that ideal future might look like let's say going to Cambridge for example and you know being in this highly competitive you know quite tough academic environment sometimes for someone that might mean you know going to a tiny liberal arts college in the US where there will be so much more sort of one-to-one -one engagement with professors than at some big research universities, for example, and maybe they don't want that academic pressure necessarily, so they want to learn, but in a different way. Or maybe someone wants to follow sort of more vocational paths and do more of hands-on learning. And then we have students who want to take a gap year, right? So do something else entirely before continuing to university. And then we have students who are asking the question, well, is university the right path for me? So again, you know, of course, I would say that the prevalence, the dominating path will be attending an institution of higher education of one sort or the other. However, we do have a very, very broad variety of choices 
being made, having been made, um, and sort of in the making, right? And so for me, us being an inclusive school and an inclusive counseling team means really listening to them when they speak about those choices and hearing them, right? Because listening and hearing, right? We need to distinguish between the two. But also being there for them when they're making those choices. Sometimes it's really important to just be able to come to someone who will listen to you and give you their honest opinion, right? Um, so supporting in many ways, really. But I also wanted to um, to sort of mention one aspect, right, of our missions that I think, so we focus on inclusivity, we focus on international mindedness and creativity and, um, you know, personal excellence, which is also about being inclusive, right? Like, what does it mean for you to achieve you know, a certain academic outcome or creative outcome or professional outcome. But I think there's this little word that we have in our mission, which we forget about sometimes. And it's the word inspiring, mm -hmm. right? So we are an inclusive community, inspiring, so personal excellence, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's, for me, that's the key word for the university counseling team, because this is what we do. We inspire them to drive the process to consider the options they haven't considered before, um, and just just really to to get out there and do things. And so that that's my favorite word, possibly from our whole mission. And you know, the key word for what I do as a counselor, I think. What's the admissions landscape like for universities overseas in twenty two, twenty three? Oh gosh, um, I think we are still a little bit sort of in that post-COVID slash COVID space. And it seems maybe a bit counterintuitive in the sense that, well, you know, yes, the pandemic has affected learning, but how has it affected admissions, right? That might not be the most obvious thing. However, in fact, it really has shaken the admissions landscape quite a bit. Um, students started discovering new destinations you know, based on considerations related to, for example, international travel, right? I think this has been very sort of acutely felt here in China, for example, right? Because we did have those limitations on international travels that we had to keep in mind. And so being further from home or closer from home was um, sort of a factor. And that's not just the case for Chinese students, right? So international admissions sort of was shaped by that in part. Of course, a lot of schools in the U.S. going test optional. That was a big part of it as well. And from the looks of it, I mean, most of them are remaining test optional, at least for this upcoming admission season. And my sort of gut feeling is that a lot of them might actually continue as test optional schools um, even later on, which is, I think, a big change because it's almost the school's moving away from that. I don't want to say completely moving away from the quantitative approach, right? So transcripts matter. <laughs> They're sort of still at the center of those admissions decisions, but it's just schools really are trying to look beyond just grades, um, even when they're dealing with such humongous 
application numbers, right? Um, so one thing we saw, and this was really a continuation of the pre-pandemic trend, was that for the most selective schools, the admission rates have continued to shrink. But I think that also partly contributed to this factor, and I mentioned people discovering new destinations, geographically speaking, new countries, but also people looking at different colleges, different universities, which is something I'm extremely happy to see always, because it's just such a pity to see people, you know, trying to get into the same school, even when they have completely different profiles, just because, I don't know, someone's cousin went there, or that school is sort of known for being strong in a particular field, while there's so many options. So I think this is one thing that we said, right? We wish we had university counselors, but I think I also almost envy them in a sense of, I wish I had the same range of choices, right? Our students have this amazing range of opportunities. They can go and do go to so many different parts of the world, right? I mean, from Australia to France, to the UK, to Japan, to Canada. I mean, you name it. <laughs> There's a chance that any student has gone there, right? And, and that's fantastic. But also in terms of what they end up studying, you know? And this is where I'm thinking, um, about the offers, because we do have some offers coming in. Um, so when I'm looking at those offers, it's not just the diversity of destinations, because of course, certain countries will send out the decisions earlier. So now, for example, we are hearing mostly from the UK universities, some universities in Europe, although the big time of early decisions for the US schools is really just around the corner. So it's this week and the next week that some early decisions will be released. But I'm also thinking about the diversity of things that our students want to study and do in the future. Um, so I was just looking at some of our early offers, for example, for the UK. And, you know, we got some brilliant schools. I mean, we got offers from King's College London. Like I said, mostly UK ones now, right? So Manchester, Leeds, Sheffield, Birmingham, Warwick, um, SOAS University London. I mean, we have people interviewing actually these days. Like this week, we have four students, three of them are interviewing for Cambridge, one is interviewing for Oxford, but the range of subjects they are going to study. So I just sort of jotted down a few of them. I mean, it's history, computer science, natural sciences, PPE, philosophy, politics, economics. It's a huge range. I think someone wants to study fashion design. I mean, I haven't even had the chance to look through all of them, but this is what makes me proud really not just of my students, but also of this community that fosters people with such different interests. But, you know, people who are able, all of them, to develop those interests and to pursue them. And, and that's actually, yeah, going back to what we spoke about before, that's what being inclusive means, really. Um, just enabling, or I, I don't even like the word enabling, inspiring. Let's stick with inspiring. Inspiring and supporting everyone in following that unique path.